0: In the world Welcome back to what have you? I'm Rachel Jankovic i'm Becca Merkel. and we're on our uh, old our original spot, our, our vista l- behind goodwill, <laughs> our lonely lookout. And I was able to purchase a tubular end table at Goodwill tonight. Which is hilarious. For $9.99. I saw it. I stood there and I pondered it. I was like, this is rad. It's cool. It doesn't quite go with my decor. If we wanted to dignify what I have with the word decor. You have decor. I have. I have. (coughs) No, I have a few, like, rough gestures at decor right now. No, you have solid decor. Mm. Yeah. You do. What's happening in my house right now is a transit of furniture that never belongs anywhere. Because we are in my parents' house while we're building. And we do not have the right furniture for their house. But we're also hosting Sabbath dinner. So we're setting up tables in the living room all the time. So now we have like, it's like a large living room. With an occasional chair in it. Yeah. Like, it makes no sense. Well, I was glad you got this end table, because it actually goes really well with the furniture you do have. And I feel like it doesn't. Yeah, It does not. It makes me laugh that we have the with We're going to have to figure something out about this, because I can't figure out. We have parish group happening on Wednesdays, and then Sabbath on Saturday. And so we put the couches and the chair in Dad's office, which functions kind of like a den and that's nice like it's nice to have them in there Mm -hmm. it's good but we just have this large vacant living space for most well it's not vacant but it's nearly vacant it's tables and a couple chairs just get some floor pillows oh yeah that'll do it bean bags (laughs) whatever that horrible tastic what is it the love sack it's like (laughs) the size of a planet the bean bag (laughs) (laughs) so horrible (laughs) I just yeah. remember the bean bags of my youth being like Naga hide I thought that bean bags when I was a child they were big. bean bags were like what rich people had <laughs> along with water beds. <laughs> I was like, I mean we can never afford one of those, oh, we can man. never splurge it up on a. I' am so killed about waterbeds because. You know, like, down in Boise, they still have a waterbed store. That When you go driving around through some of the fringe places... There's a waterbed store. Yeah, like, somebody's still out there buying waterbeds. So, someone told me once of their great conversion to the waterbed. Like, they like it was... But I was, like, surprised. Like, has anybody still got that original waterbed? Is it full of algae now? Do they last that long? That's the question. Yeah. Did it puncture? Did it grow mildew inside? Like... You know, Becca, I can't tell you. I don't know. I have not been looking at waterbed statistics. Plus think of trying to move it out. Like when it was. I trying remember waterbeds being really difficult with the edge. Yes. Because like the would, edge was like a hard line. Of, yeah. Or you'd squidge down in between. You just couldn't know where to get out. No. Like there was no natural way to no. arise but, out of a waterbed. bed. I only slept on them at like, if you were spending the night at a friend's house. And I just remember the feeling of being like squished down <laughs> inside between the wood frame. It's like when we like... stay at granddad's house and our air mattresses would deflate through the night. <laughs> so you would end up you would end up like just on the cement floor pretty much yeah, with the deflated, squeaking. and it would squeak and sort of yeah, like squeaky, squeaky, squeaky. <laughs> and and I remember never being able to go to sleep there because, you know, like the light was different, the place was different. I wasn't it was yeah. just very hard to go. And dead. if you got too and near the edge would, it get, would just slip you off. All yeah, and of I sudden. can remember trying to get like under the little pool table like oh this will be a cozier place to sleep but nope it wasn't I think it was about a foot shorter than me so there was no way of that working and I just remember always trying to reorg and then being up in the night with a deflated air mattress <laughs> it was a brilliant time brilliant there oh, that's funny. yeah wow. well so, okay we, uh, all, we need to say though we had a lull there in our podcasting rhythm not oh. because we didn't record it. We did on time. We recorded we it. And then we failed to execute getting it put up. Because in the midst of our running running away with our patriarchal we discussion. We completely rogue. We got confused. And we began to say things that were just... <laughs> no. Wildly we got tangled inaccurate. up. But we got tangled up on the twins. Yeah. That yeah. Tamar had And then And we then we thought said, We could put a qualifier in But it was it, We had riddled the episode With our failures <laughs> So there. actually If you listen carefully If you go back through You might it, notice That you'll I never notice com- That there are some Non sequitur remarks in there it's because, I think I said When I looked something up Because I, I listened to it To see how bad it was Without We a, took out All of our inaccuracies I, Because we couldn't figure out How to qualify it After the fact The problem was When we started in On Tamar's twins And we had good things To say about both Tamar and the twins Except we got the names backwards. Except for backwards. that we were saying all the wrong things. Well, we got the names backwards on who had but the scarlet thread. And then we said Zera that the wrong Zera. one. And then we had the wrong person with the scarlet thread. And then we had the wrong one as being the ancestor of Boaz. And we were drawing Basically, at that point, we <laughs> thought we should we should no longer be speaking. We should well, stop this we, nonsense. We actually, I thought we had some good insight until I noticed I will tell after, you. afterwards. It was like, wait. We got that all backwards. Like, Oops! We, we had the wrong two. Because you went back and did that reading. So, yeah. this was a thing. I'm that just saying, I, that's why, that's why I we have had to a say, lull. This is what's happening to me. And many of our listeners, this may be an intro of a larger topic than we usually discuss. But heck, after the Patriarch episode, why not? Why not? Why not go here? We could just talk about Tamar and scandalize everywhere. Yeah, we well, could just go after the Tamar issue. So, but no, we're not going to go after the Tamar issue. Here's, here's the thing that I'm noticing. Well, actually I have more than one thing I'm noticing. Fancy that. So first of all, one thing I noticed is that this is a great pace to be reading your Bible. And that is because I am stunned by the fact that we're already back to this. Yeah. Like that was so fast. And I love that since we did that last time, we've read the new Testament two times and we've had, you know, like it was a, it's Uh been a fast pace and that, that is really fun. The but something that's happening to me this time is I think I've been post mill my whole life. Like I before I think dad dad became post mill when I was like five or something. So while I remember sixth grade, so you were he told me just the other day I asked him. So I was young, or maybe I was six, which would mean that you were ten. Which would be close to sixth grade. I remember it being a hot topic. But see, I that's what I was saying is I was young and yet I still remember dad having like moments about like Melchizedek where he was like I I remember there being things that like it was on my radar even as a young child that there was something big going on here. Okay. But the reason I bring that up is because I've been post mail my whole life, which is about eschatology, end times what you believe is happening in the end times More specifically, what you you believe is history. Yeah, well, what you believe is happening uh, in a lot of the references in Scripture. What you think that that's referring to, like many Christians believe, uh, a lot of passages are about the end times that we believe are about the fall of Jerusalem. So we believe that those things happened in seventy A.D. You know, just to keep on track with last week. Let's make some radical errors. while we're going. (laughs) Don't you remember where you are going? That's where I want to. Yeah, you're just hanging on for the thread that will be of interest to anyone. What are we doing? Well, I'm just trying to pan this out for the listeners who may not care about eschatology. I want you to know what I'm talking about, which is I have always believed that a lot of those things we're talking about, the fall of Jerusalem, which means that. Um, And and really the key, the big difference in post-millennialism is that um, we are optimistic about what's happening in the world. We believe it is that Christ's death accomplished what he meant it to accomplish. And that it will work its way out uh, until the whole world comes to Christ. and And that that is our... That's what we believe is happening. So the place that we think we are in history is radically different. So right. we would not say when we see something horrible in the news. Um, it's the sign of the end it's a times. It's the sign of the end yeah. times. And right. and and we don't think that. It's, we think that we're still working. The gospel is still working its way out from what right. happened. And, but what I was going to say is that this read through... The Old Testament is making me feel even wildly more post mill than yeah. ever, but almost from a literary standpoint, yeah. which is funny, but it's because of all of this longing for the Messiah, like, uh-huh. like generations and generations and the seed of the woman and this. And wasn't it, is was it in Galatians when it says, it doesn't say seeds, it's the seed yeah. because it's Christ, like we're talking about Christ. But, anyways all of this, you know, and, and the captivity and the prophets and all of this longing and waiting and yearning and, and all these women being valiant and things happening throughout all of history. And then we have Christ and, and it's easy for people to think like, oh, and then there's Jesus and we just love Jesus. And it's like, but, but we didn't look what we did when the Messiah did come, you know, like look when the longed for Messiah came, how did we handle that? Not yes. well. And it's right. easy for us to read our own role into history as though we would have been better than Peter. Like I sure. would have I would have been like Peter but not sunk because I wouldn't have taken my eyes off of Christ and I wouldn't have <laughs> denied him because I'm Can stronger I just than that. Throw out a little peeve now that you've mentioned Peter. Yeah. Is I've heard before people being incredibly dismissive of Peter for being scared of a little girl. Like he was scared of this little girl who asked him. And how like oh, lame no. of Peter to be that, oh, but that yeah. wimpy. And I just can't get my head around that when you actually read the account. Where it's like, what do you mean he's scared of a little girl? He's scared for his life. It doesn't mm-hmm. make it okay to... Deny Christ, but it's not like he was so threatened but by he a was little also, girl. But he also followed Christ all the way there. He, he followed went him there, but he went <laughs> all the way into the danger spot. But then he and saw then him he being panicked. like, yeah, reamed and an unfair trial, and he's going to yeah. be condemned to death. And totally. then when somebody says, "Hey, aren't you?" what It's like, yeah. no, I'm not. He's not scared of the little girl for sake. No, sakes. it's not like she was going to say. Eat something rude to him. It was like the danger yeah. of being but killed yourself. But know, I also I've seen that multiple say, times. I well, okay. But this is the point I was trying to make about being post mill. All of that longing. Then we have Christ, and that and that we see the beauty of what God was doing there, which was saving the world with none of our help, like <laughs> none of it. You know, like yeah. he he does this amazing. And, and everything about it is not what we would have expected. It's not yeah. how we think you win. It's none of those things. But I think that, that I I just realized for pure balance of the story and the scale of the narrative. It's not like, well then that happened and, and Jesus accomplished the salvation of the chosen few. And then it's a wrap. Everything else goes to hell. Right. Because, because the reality is that... With all of that longing for redemption, shouldn't there be something to balance that out on the other side well, but of the that's narrative the thing like is, Christ did not come to condemn the world, but, but to, to save, save the, the world. world. Yeah. And and the thing that you think is like but I we also believe that he came to save the world and he did it. Like going he but he accomplished in his death what he intended to accomplish and that we're not still looking at that as though that was a fail. Like that was a nice effort by God to do or, something, or and it, it was, just got a few of us. It was a victory, but it was a victory up in the spiritual realms. Only, yeah. exclusively. Yeah, so, but my point is that the, the more. I have that, that sense of this huge, long longing for the Messiah. And then when the Messiah comes, very little celebration that the Messiah has come. Like, you know, not a lot. Like, there is well, some. Well, first is they killed him, and then they went ahead and began to persecute everyone who Yeah, and in. so, and I think it's just, and I think it's also an, an incredibly post-mill thing that whenever Christians are persecuted, the gospel spreads. Like, yeah. that's just one of those things where you see, like, oh, wow, talk about God doing things in ways that we would not anticipate. But anyways I've been enjoying that about the reading. Seeing yeah. it, seeing the scale of the whole story differently because uh-huh. you like hauled through it all yeah. the way and then now you're back. It's like yeah. it's fun yeah. to see it that way. Absolutely. But about Peter. I think my favorite thing that Peter does is when he is when he it says he didn't know what to say, so he proposed that they built that they build three tabernacles. Isn't that what it is? Three yeah. like yeah. but it says specifically because he was afraid and didn't know what to say, he proposed a large scale building but project. Don't, don't we all know that feeling? We oh, yeah. begin to talk at random. I know what we should do. <laughs> Let's <laughs> I feel like no, this is I'm not trying to compare this to Peter. This is a very tangential thing, but it just reminded me of that. I feel like I run into this trouble when you're talking to someone who won't keep up their end of the conversation. (laughs) It's the burden of the conversation. And then you find yourself saying things. You're like, why, why am I talking about this? No, I feel like my eyes are rolling into the back (laughs) of my head and you're like, stop talking about what you did in elementary school, Rachel. Nobody cares. (laughs) But the thing is when you've asked questions and they won't pick up the ball, you know, like, they just won't. Sometimes they won't. They won't do it. It's then kind you of just like have you, to talk. When you start a conversation, you're each holding the end of a ladder. And uh-huh. you're supposed to uh-huh. go somewhere with it. Uh-huh. And and it takes some dueling effort. But sometimes your conversation partner just sets it down and lays on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, fine! I'll drag this around all evening. So you stick your head through the hole and then you begin dragging it and awkwardly. And usually later, you cannot... Remember no. how it happened to you? No. All you remember is that you talked way too much about nonsense. No, and now when you're lying in bed that night, you're like, all Man, you can think of is I just talk too where, much. Where words are many, sin, sin is, is not, not absent. absent. <laughs> you're like, learn to shut up a <laughs> little, Rachel. This actually yeah. reminds me of early in our when Luke first came to town. We had a banquet, and he and I no doubt because someone in charge of the seating also intuited that we would that we would end up together many people intuited that so it was a sense of the inevitable sometimes you can see it It was the inevitable from a long way off but anyways Uh we're at a banquet table and he was all the way across the table from me so i could just see him soldiering onwards okay throughout Uh and as often happens if you are a chatty person and it is a chatty person's role in society and i'm not complaining so i'm just saying okay people put you at the hard to work tables because they're like well at least this person will talk all night about what happened in elementary school (laughs) (laughs) and every once in a while i go on some crusade to try to shut up more and everyone thinks i'm grumpy yeah. Like when you're yeah. like, I'm just giving other people more chances to talk and people well, will be like, What's wrong? Why are you like this? So, so whatever. But anyways, Luke is soldiering along because he had some very shy people on either yeah, side of okay. him. But the table is too big to easily talk with the whole yeah, table. Yeah. That's and a problem. it and it is too big to talk across the table unless mm-hmm. you're gonna yell over the centerpiece. So yep. I just got to witness him. Just really, really, really working. You know, where are you from? What do you like to do? How long have you known about this college? (laughs) Tell me more about how many siblings you have. Like, it was like, just... And and it's when people are doing things like, yep, no. Yeah, I have four. Uh, About a year. I heard about... Just deadpan, deadpan. My brother told me about it. Nothing. Just like... Mm -hmm nothing to bounce back. Yeah. Not even like I've only been here a year. Tell me about you. Yeah. You know, no. Like just no, no. no, no response. No. Like they they do nothing. not hit the ball back over the net. No, and then and then Luke says just doing the awkward hardcore like he can do sometimes. He says, Well, I've asked you guys a lot of questions. Now you can ask me some <laughs> <laughs> And I almost died. I was like, A, this is probably my favorite person in the universe. B, I can't even believe I get to witness this because the two girls on either side of him just turned hot pink. Like, just a panic. Like, he induced total conversational panic. Yeah. And one of the girls, I kid you not, said, "Uh, what's your favorite vegetable? (laughs) <laughs> Which is still the funny thing he was like and he was like, Well, I am glad you asked. Uh-huh. I love asparagus. Don't you like asparagus? I mean I was just dying cool. was okay. so good. My favorite was at a particularly difficult banquet table one time. And it was it was the thing where I felt like I'd been carrying my end of the log for a long time and so had been. Uh he was doing it, and then we had a lot of silent people surrounding us. And then um, one young guy who was probably like eighteen or nineteen, very serious person, like very like also not contributing to the yeah. like general merriment mm-hmm. because we're trying to keep it like you know funny yeah. stories. And he was just kind of like He's sitting the there, the Debbie Downer of the group, kind but sort of. But then he sort of in a pause, he says, "So, what's your favorite color?" to me and from across across the centerpiece, you know, okay, all the way yeah. across there. And I loved it. I was like, this is awesome because you are trying. So I'm like, I will run with this. So I was like, you know what? I am in a I'm turquoise. I'm so glad you asked. I'm in a turquoise phase right now. I feel like I've painted too many things turquoise. And it all started with a flower pot. And I <laughs> took it to the paint store. And I told the guy, poor man, that I wanted to match the color. I mean, like, you know. You're like, don't worry. And I'm when like, I finish this monologue yeah, about But at turquoise. other times, I feel like I've been really in reds. But for some reason, <laughs> I have gravitated away more into the aqua category. It was so funny. And I just went and with then, it for quite some time did it not did it but it was was still one of my favorite questions favorite questions at a dinner table so tell me about that but then but then you know he had to have just been congratulating himself that boy did did i ever get her favorite subject i got the ball this is also this is also how becca one time over enthused about carrot cake (laughs) 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 she trying to build up a hostess one time said too many <laughs> oh, too many kind no, words about even. carrot cake. It was just a really awkward very stilted quiet time and and so Becca filled us, it Becca yeah, filled the air cake. filled the air with I, was like, oh, I love carrot, I love carrot cake. cake. We all love carrot it's cake. Totally carrot my cake my is favorite. so great. And then so then the, the man led them in a prayer a prayer over the it, carrot over cake. The carrot cake not even just dinner. Which, was which just focused in on the Lord's leadership. For helping them to intuit Becca's passionate love of carrot cake. No, to make her a dessert that would give her so much joy. I, mean, I can think of few things more awkward than that. I it you feel was, the need to be like, I gotta clear the air here. I gotta tell you all, like I'm it, not that man. passionate. <laughs> because we prayed. I mean, we well, God like, is good, yes, but... In this particular instance, I may have inflated it my was enthusiasm. A really long prayer about my, <laughs> my about what a grateful day we could all have. Oh, that Becca got to eat her, her favorite. Doggy, at least Becca got what she wanted tonight. Worked out real well. And then I hate to say it, but it wasn't my favorite carrot cake, but <laughs> <laughs> so Oh, so basically, wow. when you're wow. when you're blabby enough... Becca, actually, I think our best, our peak moment was when there was a some poor fellow who came to town. <laughs> yeah. And he came to yeah. our family dinner table. He did. He did. And if you... So funny we were... Thing it was is, just five of the us. Fun, it's just five of us, but it was all five of us Together. feel the burden. Yeah. There was nobody there... Yeah. Well, dad probably was the least. I recall that he was there in... Because it was the 90s, this was less weird. But you know how we were all wearing, like, long uh, knee-length denim shorts? Like, jeans that were cut off above the knee, basically. Okay. Hemmed. Hemmed <laughs> above the knee. He was... But, and then cuffed a little bit. Remember those? Okay. More. Sure. Yeah, anyway, he was he was wearing purple ones. Oh, so, like, purple denim... Right short pants well, whatever and, the then, case is, and then a purple t-shirt. So He came and I think he intended to come to NSA maybe. Yeah. He came and mom invited him to dinner and yeah. he came to dinner I don't know what gave him, steeled his nerves to get the man to come I don't know, because but he was scared to death. And then he just sat at the table and spake not. No, like I don't think no. he responded to questions. No, we probably asked him what's your favorite color. I and think. And how about like, purple? Is it purple? <laughs> I think the problem is he. I don't know what happened, but he was non-responsive. He yeah, was like basically no. slipping into a comatose. Yeah, he place. might have been. And I think we were having spaghetti. a medical condition. But it was so. Funny. I don't even know if he ate anything. I no, he didn't. He had a plate full of spaghetti and he picked not up his fork and he did not speak. And he <laughs> sat there at the dinner table oh. and basically acted on us like a mento in a Coke bottle. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, if you're gonna be like that, guess what we're gonna do? Oh, no. We're gonna have a 90 mile an hour. <laughs> Fever pitch conversation with great hilarity and enthusiasm, but basically picture us at our worst podcast, sort of talking over the top of each other and but laughing. Plus Nate. Plus Nate. Plus, plus Mom, plus... probably trying to be like, "Did you want some parmesan? What can I do <laughs> to try to help you? More milk? And, How can I?" And and we're getting, and we're like, trying to cover we, over the black hole. That's oh, happening. and and all of us feeling awkward, and I'm and pretty then, sure nobody filling in the gap and making him feel more comfortable. No, but we're we were trying to. but More we were and not. more hilarious as the dinner wears on. Oh, I think we were making ourselves weep with joy, but it was the it was the unspoken tension of having the deadly guest who wouldn't speak. So because of that, it like heightened the mood oh. substantially. And then he left and drove all the way home and was never more seen. <laughs> we're like welcome to town and then he was already in a bad place before we acted like a bunch of hooligans at the dinner table but that apparently did not comfort him and make him think he would like to be here it didn't bring him into a more casual state of mind and so he just turned around and left and we thought well that was a piece of hospitality gone wrong (laughs) I'm pretty sure mom was probably like children. Oh, no, no I Why? I remember her feeling like, "Thank goodness someone was talking." It was like it was really. I've, I'm sure she thought <sighs> maybe we could have cooled our baby jets a little bit more than possible. That. It's possible we should have reined it in. Uh huh. Wherever you are, man, we're sorry. This is something that I'd like to say on behalf of extroverts everywhere. Just all of you, introverts are the only people who are given lots of articles about their great powers nobody writes or, well if they do write them about extroverts I don't read them maybe that's the problem but maybe. they say that extroverts get their energy from other people mm. I just like to say that is not the case no. that is not the case when you have a sort of sucking chest no. wound sitting over there no. it doesn't uh-uh. fuel you it up it does not tank you up at all what it does is wear you out in yeah. a, in a heavy way but it is t- probably true that extroverts, there are people that are energizing because you, because you, they're easy to talk to or whatever. Yeah. And but I, I just want to say I've had people think like, oh, well, mothering is just a lot easier for you because you're an extrovert. So oh. having children all over you all day long is just your fave, and it and it kind of yeah. builds you up and mm. gets you full of zip. But it doesn't. You're like, wow. Well, no, it not isn't. really how that's not works. how that works that's plus i would never call myself an extrovert you are but i really don't think i am well i think the categories are almost worthless as they yeah. exist anyways it's because true. the reality is not how are you in your native state but what does god want you to be like and all yeah. of us have a flesh to mortify in that regard yeah. and all of we us have... have our own things we have to get over when it comes to loving others and yeah like like, like so what so what that that's your thing you gotta put on the altar you know Mm -hmm. like they're different but it doesn't define me you know the things that i have to that i have to submit to god does not define me in any important way it's very funny how much our culture wants to simultaneously say i am defined by nothing and also how dare you question it this is how i am defined yeah, you know, but it's it's self defined, and that means that you can change your own dang mind whenever you well, want to. Well, sometimes we want it to be that, and sometimes we don't. It's, and I feel like those categories are always changing because yeah, because sometimes because everyone, you're the ultimate boss of yourself. No, but oftentimes we want to be defined by certain things because we're getting our defense, our defenses in order for why I don't have to do right. X, Y, or Z because I have these issues, right? And I can't help these issues, so you can't criticize me. So there's that, but then there's also like, I'm not defined by anything. I'm not defined by Don't fence me in. whatever. Don't fence me in. It's like it's it's very. I feel like we're a bit schizophrenic there. We're a bit schizophrenic in all places at the same time as That's a culture. True. I think we're making no sense at no, all. No, we're having a big car crash with ourselves right now. I think. Yep, we totally as are. A nation, we totally are. Mm-hmm. It's a. Um, I was just thinking today how common it is to hear people say like, um, "I really." need to just invest in myself. Oh my like, word. But it's yeah. like I'm going to invest in myself or also I'm going to invest in someone else like I'm going to invest something in them. And the thing that's so dumb about this is it is not, it is never a question of investing in ourselves. It's a question of investing ourselves in whatever work God gave us to do. Like, yeah. like we're, not, we're not hoarding like a bunch of little self-dragons all the goodies we can come up with. I mean, we try to, but the reality is the whole point should be like, here I am, Lord. Do you right. know what I mean? Like take me. Take whatever this is. I'm willing to obey. You know, like yeah. and not a lot of self-evaluation. It's like if God has called it, you give it. You don't uh-huh. need to be always tallying up your supplies <laughs> that God may ask you to give, you know? You just kind of <laughs> stop the madness there. That's how I feel. Everybody, <laughs> this is not profitable. You are oh, wasting man. your time, yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: anyway, yeah, so do we have time still to talk? we well, we, we had something we were like we should talk about okay, we might have to overflow into next week, which is fine, but we I wanted to talk about somebody asked about friendship and the and specifically the friendship with the podcast, which is an interesting tangle. Oh uh, interesting way to look at it. Um I think she was talking about a different podcast where they were talking like the hosts of the podcast were friends. And we've got I mean we're friends with the listeners and we've gotten a lot of feedback like people feeling like they know us very well, which they probably do know us really well by now. Mm. I mean, have we hidden probably anything? Probably more well than they would like to Yeah, know us. they know things about us that they never asked to know about no, us. Because so. here we sit in the darkness behind goodwill, and we feel like we're not unleashing too many secrets, but... We probably have. We're speaking into a microphone, so... Yeah, but the, it is funny because I... Also, I recently found out that apparently I yawn prolifically through every you episode. You do do that. Guys, I'm so sorry, but that's... That is indicative of the fact that I don't <laughs> feel like we're talking to people. I feel no. like we're just behind goodwill. We're not on our best behavior, as you can all see. You noticed. You noticed that about us. So, the question was, what's the role of, like, if you feel kinship with us because you are interested in what we're doing uh I don't mean the details of our every life but meaning like Christian uh non-feminist women who have you know like if there are a number of things that you line up with us on that you may feel like we are friends right but then is there then that's that question of uh it would it be wiser to be you know, real life friends, people who you actually see. And this person brought it up as a um, something about a good definition of friendship is someone who might be praying for you. uh, You know, someone who would know to be praying, what to be praying for you and you would know how to be praying for them. So that, that was the definition sort of given, you know, like, like Christian friendship Okay. to someone not need to know more about your life. And kind of how does something like this podcast fit in to that? And I, this is always sounds a little harsh. I think when I say this, but but I mean it for the best. Which is, which <laughs> I have is no idea where you're going to go with this. But I'm you're quite, bracing yourself. You're yeah, like, oh, like, Rach, I might need up. to qualify I'm whatever up Rachel's about to, to say. Qualify and push from the other direction. Yes, I know you are. I can feel it mm-hmm. happening. So I'm girding up my loins. Yeah, this is what this is what I mean. Is that. I love friendships that spur me on to doing things and that spur the other person on to doing things. Static friendships are not worth having in the sense of like gathering to just look at each other over coffee and not, you know, like if, well, I'm not trying to say it's not worth having. It's not worth having it that way. Like if you're getting together with a friend and it is easy for you to just complain about your husband to your friend Mm -hmm. and your friend doesn't do anything other than say, you're such a good wife or something like that. Don't worry. Responds by complaining about her husband. Right. Like, or like, don't worry. He's just such an idiot that he doesn't know how beautiful you are. Like, or something stupid like that. My, my point is that that's not a healthy friendship anyways. Like that person, maybe if they were on board with things, might know how to pray for you if they weren't, subsidizing your bad behavior at that moment anyways. And I love being in friendships where I know that I am being used by someone and I love friendships where I know that I am learning and being pushed through that other person. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a definition of uh, shoulder to shoulder kind of, are we working on the same mm-hmm. goals? And in that sense, then we, we absolutely, that is what we're offering to all of our listeners is that we want to be working on the same goals with all of you. We want to be encouraging you on the way as you are. Some of you tell us things like you're doing your laundry and cleaning your house while you listen to us Uh because we want to be, I mean not, but we want to be encouraging you to be a more cheerful, godly wife and mother who is seeing the kingdom work before her, enjoying that. And so I guess the thing is, is that, if you think of it in terms of shoulder to shoulder, we don't have to all know each other's birthdays and be thoughtful all the time to be actually actively encouraging one another in the Lord. Like, and that, and that it is a completely different kind of friendship. Yeah. I would just say that, that I, I think that there's, um, friendship is a very broad term. And I think that it's, there are obviously closer friendships and more sort of, wave at them across the grocery store kinds of like you know yeah. like uh-huh. more loose friendships <laughs> and, acquaintances and then there are I think sometimes technology gives us this interesting kind of friendship where, yeah that we wouldn't sure, have had before it's not the same as if we were next door and you could borrow a cup of sugar and babysit the kids if I had to run out really yeah. quick you know it's not that kind of friendship but it doesn't mean it's not a friendship at all but I do think that... I think it's more um, a category of, like, co-laborers. But I think that friendship, you know, if we're including in it unhealthy, you can have unhealthy friendships. Right. Um, I I really think Toby Toby Sumter has made this point before that I think is really quite profound. That when it comes to your entertainment standards... Oh, yeah. The people you spend your time with and you emotionally invest in in some way Mm -hmm. you care about that character on the show you care about it doesn't it does not have to be a real life person for you to have invested your friendship in yes and there are people who are more devastated about the closing of the final episode of a show than they are about an actual friend moving to another state like because they care so much more about the fictional character and his point is the Bible doesn't tell you a lot about T V shows you should watch, but it has an awful lot to say about the friends, friends. that you have. And what you're if you think about your entertainment standards is actually being company. Like yes. what, like kind what of company, company you are you keep? keeping? Are and, you keeping company with a bunch of foul mouthed heathens? Yeah. And, like, well you are disobeying God. Yeah, and I think that if you I'm sorry this has diverted the conversation slightly, but I think it's important. If you did want we through, have a real thread? we Yeah, were sticking we did. To. Here's our outline that we yeah. our whiteboard mm-hmm. of all the points. Um, no, I think that uh, if you went through the Book of Proverbs <coughs> and you only pulled out every proverb about friendship and what should you look for in friends, and what can the wrong friends do to you, mm. and then you compared that to the to the people you spend your evenings with, but also uh, also. Your evenings in total privacy and intimacy. Yes. With because you're not actually hanging out with those filthy friends down where the older ladies in the church will see you, where your pastor might bump into you, where you'd be like, "Wow, do you hang out with these people?" Yeah, I see this like you know on Facebook, and it actually really annoys me every time I see it. Now we know. Every time somebody will throw out like, "I need a new show to watch," and and then people come galloping in with all of their recommends. And it really appalls me when you have Christian women who are recommending to each other pretty filthy stuff and they're like, well, it's not family friendly. Oh my word. It's pretty rough. Or when people share links and say it's not safe (coughs) for work. Like, you can't. You shouldn't click on this when you're in a public place because you know. Yeah, or it's like, um, like yeah, it's the F bomb every third word, but it's incredible and but or it's boy, like, is it worth all my time? Like while you're at home, yeah. like And so really? if you're if you're the kind of person that spends a lot of time watching that kind of show where it's like, Yeah, everything you watch is rated mature on Netflix or whatever, um just go through the book of Proverbs and ask what Solomon would have to tell you about the company you're keeping and does it rub off on you. Like we we totally. know that bad company actually corrupts good morals you go into it with good morals and you come out with bad morals because Mm -hmm. the company you keep actually does have an impact on you and i think that if you look at your um the characters in the books you read in the tv shows you follow in the movies that you watch whatever it is if you are forming friendships and granted they're like strange uh kind of like vicarious friendships Um, that require nothing of that you. Require nothing of you. The just other sit person. around and stuff your face with popcorn. Whereas, <laughs> whereas actually, or wine, you're drinking wine and yeah, being corrupted. And, and you think like, but In if the privacy you're, of your home, I remember home. Grandpa saying that he couldn't stand to watch those those things because all he wanted to do was climb into the screen and cancel all the characters. And it is so true because you think, are you actually learning? How to engage with sinners who need the gospel. Or are you learning how to be entertained by their destruction? Like you are not acting like a Christian if you were a Christian and your girlfriend came in the door to tell you who she just slept with, you had better be telling her something other than, oh wow, tell me more while I eat my popcorn. Like, like, <laughs> hello. Like, is that what Christians do? But you're training yourself by constantly practicing yeah. that when someone comes to me and reveals their great immorality I just go, oh. like, well, Okay, but see, one time I did have a Christian woman tell me that she had uh, a friend in the church who had confided in her that she had committed adultery and this woman was telling me that her friend had told her that and she was like, but I, I mean, I never even told my husband because I, because couldn't, I even, couldn't even, I could violate her trust. Yes, and I was like what? I mean your friend committed adultery and you're gonna keep and, that and, one And really up? what you should do like, alright, I'll be right back with the elders like, <laughs> hold on like, Hold that thought. Like, have you repented publicly? I'm mean, like, have you repented to your husband? Not publicly. Like, have you repented? Like, what do we need to do to get this yeah. right? Like, we got to bring but in all mean, the people. You don't, you don't get there without basically training yourself. That you have hardened your heart to think that it does not yeah. matter what someone does. You accept them as they are, and you just move on yeah. in the next episode. When actually, <laughs> when like, actually, oh, but maybe in the next season she'll stop sleeping with him. Yeah. would be better than And then who's maybe baby? they get it. Ooh, I have to know the details. Like, and now she's selling drugs. Oh, could that have happened? Like <laughs> tell me more, tell me more. And then it's like instead of using the emotions that God gave us to be driven to greater holiness and effectiveness for the gospel. We're training ourselves to just be entertained by whatever a pagan society dishes up yeah. to us and that we get passive and more passive no. about it until we're like, well, interfering in other people's lives just seems so not kind. But see, I don't... I'm not saying that you can never watch anything that has a sinner in it. I mean, you know, I can't, we're, Becca, we're I watch. not there. We're not at that place. But I do think that... You cannot uncritically watch and then get emotionally attached to characters like that. Because it doesn't matter if they don't exist. They can still be your friends and they can still corrupt you in gonna, the way a real friend actually could. Totally. And I'm so, going to read it. Oh, finish it. Well, I was going to say on the flip side, I think you actually can have um, long distance sort of via electronics, friendships with people who can encourage you and actually can exhort you uh, to be more and more Christ-like and and that kind of thing. And you can form friendships that way too. So I think um, it's different than the the lady who lives down the street and you can go jogging together. It's not that kind of a friendship, but it doesn't mean it's not a friendship and that it can't be both um, used for building up or for tearing down. I think both are possible through these kinds of Totally strange friendships. So I'm gonna read a proverb since you were saying about this. I'm gonna say, let's read a proverb specifically applying it in your mind to what kinds of shows you're watching. Okay, go for it. You know, like what kinds of series you've binged on. Yeah. Uh Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away, for they sleep not except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are all the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Yeah, You think like, well, if you're talking about the latest season of meth dealers gone bonkers or whatever <laughs> you're watching, or if you're talking about Game of Thrones that I hope you're not watching, and a, a porno incestuous mayhem of violence, and you're like, what do you think you should reflect on like you are not keeping your heart with diligence and out of it spring all the issues of life you are not like you are listening to perversity and darkness and instead of doing what you're supposed to be doing like don't do it and cheering for them you know just kind of like from your sofa is secretly so yeah but it's also like how is that different from cheering for them in real life. Exactly. Well, like, what if... Okay, so say you're watching a couple of something bad happening, like, on the TV. On the good old TV. I'm trying to think of, a, of an incident that might happen. Like, what's the difference between watching a couple fornicate on the TV versus if someone was doing so outside your window, pulling up a right. glass of wine and settling it's in? like, oh... What the heck are you doing? Like, <laughs> this is not... This is not what where you be should like, be, friend. It's like, well, kids, I'm not sure that you're old enough. But Dad and I will. You know what? Dad- <laughs> <laughs> so I'm bad. bad. Wow. Well, it's like, well, one thing, or or better yet, put your hand over your husband's eyes yeah, while you while watch. While you watch. While you watch. So oh, terrible. Honey, this nudist is outside. Cover your eyes while I watch. <laughs> I'll tell you when when they have passed. I'll, I will so watch. And then it's terrible. like, open the window, dear, so we can better hear the words that they're using. Mean, like, also, I have to say something, and this is an important distinction that I think people are too quick to miss, and that is that if you have on stage, like let's say you're having a little drama production, and you're doing Hamlet, and you know you've got the murder of the king, right, and you pretend yeah, to kill the you're king. Right. And you drag the body off the stage. And you're like, I, you know where you're going with this? Yes. Have pretended to commit murder on the stage. Everyone. But good news, everyone you have not can, become a murderer. Yeah, you didn't actually murder someone on the stage. But if you were to, say, strip down and sprint about in the booth up there <laughs> on the stage. You've actually done have it you, for real, have, haven't you? Have you pretended to be in the nude or have you genuinely have been you in the nude? Have you done it? Have you like, done the thing? Mm. If you uh, fornicate on stage, have you actually done that or have you pretended to We'll do it? answer it for you. You've you done it. it. You've and done so it now. And so being entertained... Or, or you've pretended to fornicate and just been right. indecent and immodest, yeah. but, but all the same, right. so, still uh, in sin. So if you're watching a show that has uh, you know, whatever let's say some sort of indecent scene happening and you just carry on through it because it's well not, it's a it's a story, it's pretend. It's uh-huh. like, no, that isn't actually pretend. No, that they part that, that part is actually real. And so it is the same as if they did it. Outside your living room window, and you you just yeah, and that and that that part, comfy that part is not the actress pretending to no, be naked. No, that is the actress being naked. So yeah. you have to be like and a and, little more like. And might I imagine someone's old great aunt Marge would be about it? <laughs> you got to channel some of that. You got to be like. Let's be practical here. This is not godliness. Because no. that's that's the thing with what happens. Is that people put a few bible words around it. Or to it tell, tell like, everyone like, oh this is like a super redemptive yeah, season of redemptive, debauchery 101. Yeah. Although it's a lot so of nudists and meth dealers it's got redemptive themes. it's so redemptive yeah. and so they they put that kind of thing <laughs> in there just resurrection it, to, yeah oh yeah oh did you notice Chiasm. the trinitarian overtones because you you remember <laughs> there was a, it's a, uh, and, it's a and trinity of meth dealers it's amazing yeah and so the thing that you have to realize about this is that It's whatever words you're using to describe it. You need to be a little more frank with yourself, and a little more like, "Let's be real. This is not honoring God. No. And And if there was some bit of this happening near us, such that we could actually speak to the people involved, you would need to tell them what would we need to do with them? Like, like if we ran into a group of men planning to do a bank heist. (laughs) <laughs> who, who are the good guys there? Like, like should they be uh, given a pass because they have cool suits? But I feel like Maybe what not. people often say is like, it doesn't bother me. Like, I'm okay I with it. I myself am very impervious I'm, oh, okay to such it. things. Whereas, I feel like the bigger question is, but is God okay with it? Yeah, like, is he pleased to see and you And luckily, here? he gave us a book in which what? he spelled it out. You know what I just have to say, He's though? not okay this with This is it. real rude. But whatever. I'm going to say it. Uh, it's like. What, if you have a dog. Or other animals. You know those things that they do. That are just super unseemly. <laughs> yeah. Where you're just we like. We do know those. Yeah. going to eat that. Like you would sicko. You know like. Yeah. Just like hideous times. From yeah. the dog. <laughs> I feel like. That's our kind of. Like. It's like we're doing that kind of thing. Saying. Doesn't bother me. <laughs> I myself thrive on eating this sort of thing or like where you're like but yeah, but you shouldn't like do you, do you see like even if you were thriving with this you ought not you ought not to do it. Well, right? I just feel like you've just more told us about yourself than yeah, anything else. There's a there's a redemptive hope that Which you will is, come to not thrive with this. Like, <laughs> we're, we're hoping that if you're fine with this, that maybe if you got out in some clear air, you would soon recognize that that wasn't great. Like, you know? Well, just I like, just feel wow. like this is, if, if you're really fine with it, if it doesn't bother you, if you don't flinch, it's neither here nor there to then you. Then I feel like Basically, you have become the example of bad company corrupting good morals. Right. If you no longer mind watching yeah. a great amount of sodomy and hedonism <laughs> on the TV, then perhaps <laughs> you have slipped from your first loves. Perhaps. You know? Maybe we need to... Or maybe you never got there in the first place. Yeah. But I just... I think that it. if you think about your Netflix queue, in the light of is Solomon's it, it, words on is friendship... Is this wisdom? Is yeah. this beauty? Like, is this holy... And, and think about the verses about. But not even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret, much less, you know, drink watch your them. wine through the yeah, display. But of I it. have, I, I think I said this recently when I was on Sheologian, so I'm repeating myself. But one of those things that, that strikes me is that when, when people are watching, especially mothers, when you're watching Netflix, presumably it is a holy smokes that was a hard day I want to put my feet up and veg out kind of a moment like because when we talk like is that holy people are kind of like well no but I was so tired you know what I mean like and I and I think that this is just a weird mental problem that we have which is that we do not become equipped for great obedience by wallowing in a little disobedience (laughs) like like when we think like you don't need a break from being in fellowship with God no, to get back like if you're trying to do a good job of being a godly wife and mom at home and and I get it 100% about getting fried but when you are tired and zonky do something that you can still do in the full joy of the Lord and appreciate his good gifts and And I get it like yeah sit down and put your feet up and have a glass of wine and watch a show to the glory of God and enjoy a lovely end of the day but just have a bit of discretion about your friendships that you form in that and hour of the And evening. don't be a ding-dong thinking that you can't press on with life if you haven't. Because I think what often happens is it becomes the place people are trying to escape too. Yeah. You're not being equipped for your life. You're no. you're being increasingly dissatisfied with your life because yeah. you want to escape to this alternate wrong. reality. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with having a break and it's just a relaxing time. It doesn't have to be like oh you can only I know, watch but, educational but you shows. Don't, no but you don't want to try to be you don't want to be watching a show that you would feel awkward if the Lord walked in on you watching something. No. You know like you have to think about that. that it's or your not, pastor walked in well, or your Yeah mother, but I mean like you think. Your grandmother. You You want to still be honoring God when you're taking time off. Because you can rest in the Lord. Because, and you can. But what are friendships if not those times joyful that are off? time along the way? Yeah, yeah, like and Solomon has words about it. I'm just let's go back to Solomon. Like he has words. Just bring what, it back to the words of what Proverbs. What kinds of friends ought you to have? And that section I read by the way is in not. Proverbs four, which is really applicable to everyone's entertainment standards. Yeah. It's applicable for all of us. So okay, Becca, do you have a tip? You are rude because you told me you had a tip. I think if we were like put. Uh, I do have a tip, but it's just See, I've been well, talking too much. are you calling much. me out? You're just not holding up your side of the ladder. Ah, it's just like, I'm oh, doing my okay. best. <laughs> um, so, my tip, the well, best tip I can think of on the fly is, we have a basket full of toilet paper instead of toilet paper rolls. Not fluffed toilet paper. <laughs> that makes it sound r- just a big wad of loose Kleenexes in a in a basket but it's because in our last house you're gonna have to start over at our last house we could never find the little spring-loaded things that go in there and I kept buying new ones and they kept getting like knocked out and then someone would step on them and they'd break (laughs) and it'd be like the spring it's like we can't keep things like that together in my house so we've sort of fallen down the way until we just keep a large basket of toilet paper rolls in the bathroom. Yeah, rolls. You know They're what? on rolls guys. You, you know It's what? not just fluff. Sometimes you think, why not save myself some energy? But doesn't it end up with a lot of little nubbins of toilet paper rolls in a basket? No. I mean, it's fine. No. It works out? It works out fine. Every once in a while I have to go in there and I'm like, oh I'm yawning! You're doing I it. I did it. I have to go in there and pull, uh, you know there'll be like an empty roll on the side, but that's a real trial Well, I have a basket of toilet paper also, but I do keep one at a time on the roll. Well, now that we're at mom and dad's house, I think if their toilet paper holder fell out of the, like, there's no, there's not one there. And so I think I'd have to go buy one of those. So, she's just saying you can cut corners, guys. I'm just saying, feel free to just, you know, (laughs) be like, why are we bothering with this? Why don't we just have a (laughs) large bushel basket full of (laughs) full of toilet paper rolls although that was why I was discouraged the time that I accidentally bought some eco-conscious toilet paper that did not have the cardboard center oh yeah so all of the rolls just got smacked flat and looked like a real (laughs) discouragement and someone who was there at parish group said to me so how did you take all of the centers out of the toilet paper I was like oh my word it actually looked like I'd gone in there with pliers (laughs) Really needed them for you a craft. Have... Real bad. Had to whip through the whole stash. Working on your fire starters. Oh. My forbidden fire starters. <laughs> Guys, I mean, there's nothing like the patriarchy to really put the kibosh on great things. <laughs> like like my dryer oh. lint toilet paper tube fire starters. <laughs> I if you haven't been with us long have I'm you sorry it's an inside joke. I think I have. Yeah, I have. Really. I I had this hot idea. I whenever I was like I always have toilet paper tubes and I always have dryer lint and yeah. someone these things are always with us. And if you stuff a toilet paper tube full of dryer lint and then you roll it up in wax paper, it's a fire starter. I still see the sensible nature of this. And I was like, well, look, it's a bunch of junk I already have. Yeah. It makes us the fire starter. And my husband was like, no. <laughs> I, I will not live a life where my wife is handcrafting toilet paper fire starters. <laughs> and he was like, I frankly forbid you from treasuring your dryer lint and you're like where are the Christian feminists when I I need them the one time that I've really been put off by this patriarchy situation Luke, (laughs) Luke is allowed to ban toilet paper fire starters in our home I'm gonna give him that guys I'm like man Lost a lot in this whole submission gig, but that, no. You can just go gather up some pine cones. It's just a joke. Yeah, dip them in wax, get them going. Yeah, no, he just felt like there was something truly undignified about having that. He's like, I'm gonna gonna treat myself to, to a real man's fire starter. It's like you get the impression like I've been like, I'm gonna sew you your jeans from here on. It's like one thing you're gonna not do is sew my jeans. So, with that summary, uh, that's not what I was doing with the pliers and the toilet paper rolls, but it could have been. It could have been if I was running a disobedient wife Etsy business. (laughs) <laughs> oh, wow. It be your Etsy store. Disobedient <laughs> wife. So We're All some, right. so some, uh, yeah, forbidden goods. <laughs> forbidden fire starters. <laughs> Jeans no man wants to wear. <laughs> Fire starters. No man wants to be a part of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, everybody. Woo! All it's right, been good. See we'll you see you time. another time. Bye.